let's face it, romantic relationships tend to consume much of our collective emotional energy. Sometimes we don't know where to find the answers. I mean, heck, often I don't even know the questions. Why is it important for women to support other women? <laughs> because it's what the guys do. A couple of years ago, I launched Pink Wisdom in my living room here in New York City. The best relationship advice I ever received was actually when I was married. I am happily divorced now. To create a space for lovelorn women to discuss relationships, love, sex, breakups. How do men respond to strong women and how does it affect? How do you get your self-esteem and your confidence back? Um, all that good stuff. I would bring in these incredible relationship experts to answer questions and offer advice based on their experiences. One of the best pieces of advice that I have ever received is actually from my mom. After you have been dumped, the best way to get your self-esteem back is to fall in love with your own life. So not only do I get to ask these experts the questions that you would be asking them if you were to meet them in person, I get to pass on all their well-earned words of wisdom to you. I am enough. I am worthy of love. Just to get out of bed, look in the mirror, tell yourself, I love you, you're amazing, you can do this. Smile at yourself, tell yourself you love yourself, tell yourself you're there for yourself, and then do the same for the other people in your life. Hey everyone, this is Allison Chase. Welcome back to the podcast. If you are having a hard time getting your mojo back, this episode is for you. We all have times when we lose our confidence. It's a terrible feeling. You want your old mojo back, and you're just starting to wonder if that will ever happen, particularly as we sort of emerge out of this uh, year of the pandemic, which set a lot of people back in a lot of ways. Um, so anyway, our, what is the mojo? Mojo is our magic. It's our very best energy. It's our source of confidence. It's that thing that lets us know that we can be successful. Today we have on the podcast Kate Robards, who is incredibly accomplished. She has her MFA. She's written plays. She does stand-up comedy. She creates videos and is this plethora of activity and accomplishment. And Kate, just like you, is feeling stuck. She's feeling like she can't get her mojo back. So we have her on the show today to talk a little bit about um, how she is working through that and how she is getting unstuck. So here we are. We are like a little butterfly coming out of our COVID pandemic cocoon, and we're having a hard time getting our mojo back. What's working for you and what's not working for you? I mean, well, first of all, I love that analogy of a butterfly coming out of a cocoon because that's truly the prime nature's example of a metamorphosis, you know, a, a fully like a new creature being born. And I think what's coming up for me is that I'm still clinging to these old dreams and hopes that I had. And the world changed during the pandemic. And in that I'm kind of, I think even just now it's coming to me that maybe I am not acknowledging that some of my hopes and dreams have changed a little bit. I mean, I was, um, you know, it was so magical because it was your birthday party, actually, a couple of years ago. We had this great manifestation exercise. You, of course, were so generous for your birthday. You gave everyone a manifestation class and, and workshop. And, and I really felt powerful energy come from that. I was able to manifest a producer, Broadway, a legitimate Broadway producer to take one of my shows off Broadway, which costs tons of money. And people don't realize that. Like they think something's off, off Broadway or they've had a short run, but a full run in New York 
cost serious bucks. And I found a producer who believed in me, believed in my project, and the date kept getting pushed with the pandemic and pushed with the pandemic. And with that, the subject matter kind of became old and stale to me. And it doesn't necessarily hold the same interest. And I'm an artist who needs to really feel connected to what I'm doing. And I think with um, so many things that happened in 2020, I've just felt a huge shift on my priorities, my focuses. And, um, you know, I felt like a big sense of inertia set in. And so as we're coming out of this cocoon, if you will, I'm really trying to tap back into my kinetic energy because I'm, I'm stuck right now. I'm a little stuck, but I'm slowly, you know, pushing through, pushing through that cocoon. So what advice do you have for yourself? My, I love your, what advice you have for yourself because they always say the advice you give to someone else is the advice you actually need. And the advice I have for myself is what's gotten me through things my entire life, you know, divorce, um, moving from a small town, transitioning to like living in Shanghai, China with 23 million people. Um, and that is just getting out there every day and in whatever capacity that means. So even for me today, after I do this podcast, I'm going to go do a comedy show and then I'm going to go to the gym. But like, I think the number one thing is it's really weird, but like finding those places that ground you. And I lost so many. I mean, we all lost so many of them. For me, um, my church burned down during the pandemic. Gyms were closed. And I'm kind of like a gym rat a little bit. <laughs> and that's a huge sense of community. The theater group where we met closed down, the physical space. And so, we. I mean, it was literally all of these places that ground me and root me in New York City dissipated. And so what's left of that is the energy, is the emotion, is, you know, what's inside of you. And I think it's really digging down and and calling on that right now, you mm-hmm. know. Okay. I'm going to give you six little uh, uh, professional tips, as they say, um, to get unstuck. And I'd love to get your, your take on this. Number one, start with one small win, which is a little bit of what you're saying. A little baby step every day. Yeah. I think to, I mean, even this, having this schedule for me, like having things packed in my schedule that I love to do. I love to, you know, make art with friends. I love to, um, to perform and I love to work out. So I'm already like filling, these are three small wins in my day. It's beautiful. I love it. Number two, focus on your mission, not your obligations. Mm, yeah. I, I love that. Like even last night I had, um, I was like, oh, wow, this is the first time I've been overbooked in a while. I had a friend's birthday party, I had a comedy show, and I was having dinner with other friends. And I kind of thought, oh, it reminds me of the old world. And I realized some of those can fall away, you know? They're not, I'm not obligated. Some, they're going to be fine if I, I don't show up to this birthday party. They're not going to miss me that much. It's still going to be a great time for them. Getting unstuck by shifting your perspective. Ooh. Wow. I mean, that's so much to take in, but it's like, I think my number one perspective is even without all of these other external places that have kept me grounded, even if my physique changed into a form that I didn't necessarily recognize and my genes did not fit the way I like them to, I am still inherently, you know, a human being full of love and full of openness for the world. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this feel it to heal it? I think that's, I feel, I think that feel it to heal it. God, I love that. I love a rhyme. I love that because I've ran from my my feelings before. And I think 
as an adult, I've really tried to embrace that. And I've seen grownups as a kid run from their feelings and deny, deny, deny. And inevitably that comes up through anger or that comes up through, but like you have to kind of sit, you you do have to sit with it and feel it. Mm -hmm. And I think not everyone does that because we want to put forward this great face mm -hmm. and it's okay to, to fall apart a little bit. And I always say, tell my friends, you know, it's okay to curl up into a fetal position and cry and please do. <laughs> On that note, what about the tip of, hey, you got to stay far from negativity to get unstuck? Yeah. Stay far from negativity to get unstuck. That's what I really need to do because... I, there have been times in my life when I really needed to fight for something. And, and those times in my life were when, you know, I think what's so strange about this pandemic is that everyone was experiencing it together. But I'll use my divorce as an example. The world, everyone around me was still thriving and chipper. And I remember like feeling the rays of sunshine on my hand and being like, there's a ray of sunshine on your hand. That is so beautiful. And really thinking of it as a, a fight for positivity and a fight for like, this is such fun. This is, you know, always the repetitive. If you could cut up in my brain, it would be like, um, you know, look at that butterfly. Look at that tree. Look at, at spring. You can see the buds of spring blooming. Look, this person smiled at me. This person gave me a cookie. And I've fallen away from that in the pandemic. And I think I, I don't think I know I need to, to return to that. Mm -hmm. Not easy. Or if we're being positive, hey, it's easy. Mm. You know, that sort of leads us to the tip, mind what you say to yourself. You know, sometimes we're our worst enemy. When you're down, you judge yourself harshly. You speak internally to yourself in these terrible ways that you would never speak to anyone else. You know, how do you stop that? How do you reverse the negative self-talk? That's a good one. I think even like the negative self-talk, you know, I, my one of my big ones is like, oh, gosh, you're such a dum-dum. And um, beyond even negative self-talk, it's like something that's new to me feels almost high school-y. And I'm kind of embarrassed of it. But it's like, oh, no, I've upset them. I've upset them. And I didn't. I know I did not used to be so fragile. And I think I need to return to, like, other people aren't thinking about you that much. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like that's something that I – we are all going through it. And I, I think – because I just had so much time and I wasn't moving so much, I, I've become overly sensitive to like, I've hurt someone else's feelings. And it's, um, you know, it's it's reminds me of one of my favorite poems. Yours is the harder course that I can see, but mine, of course, is happening to me. Mm. Where it's like at the end of the day, we're all um, worried about ourselves. It's like, yes, I see that you're going through this thing and this must be hard for you. Maybe you feel like you've let me down or maybe you feel like, but like, I've got other things on my mind. You're yeah. not the top priority. Yeah. We all, that, it, my mother used to say that to me. You know, we're all experiencing our own little dramas and, and people really aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about their own little dramas. <laughs> <laughs> um, How rude. They should think about us yeah, always. Exactly. Um, so what about this idea of asking for help, getting help and support? The idea of getting help and support is something that is, honestly, it's not the easiest for me and it, it it is the easiest because I, I grew up in this rural small town in Texas and it really was the mindset of it takes a village to raise a child. And so I, I'm deeply embedded in, you know, you cannot do this alone and there's no shame in asking. But sometimes I'm like, I feel like it's, um, well, you don't want to inconvenience anyone. And um, and and I, I know I need to get out of that because it's like when you help others, you're helping yourself. And I know I love to help other people when I'm given the opportunity. And um, that's something I could definitely improve upon is letting other people help me a little more because, you know, you don't want to be a burden. And I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier. People aren't thinking that much of you. If they can, they can. If they can't, 
They cannot. So, you know, I think think a little less about everything, like mm-hmm. just let it flow a little more. And I think going back to, you know, finding that kinetic energy, it's getting unstuck from your head in these mental traps that we fall into. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine that some of our listeners out there are thinking, okay, this girl sounds totally together. She doesn't sound stuck to me at all. She sounds like she fully has her <laughs> mojo. I mean, she's doing this podcast and she's headed out to her comedy show and then she's going to go to the gym. That is someone who is, like, moving forward. If you're secretly not feeling that little spark of confidence, how on earth are you going to stand in front of a large room full of people and tell jokes? Well, that's really easy because it's like I I really do use jokes as an opportunity for catharsis, as an opportunity to say, like, my jokes, my joke craft happens outside of the people. The people is kind of like the final step. But I take these things that are really sad and really awful or, you know, really just outrageous and I craft them on my own. So then it's just performing. And I love performing, you know, and it's it's kind of beautiful because it's like taking this thing that once you felt different. They say comedy is um, tragedy plus time equals comedy. It's like a little math for you. And then the weird thing that I'm kind of learning is some of my jokes that were working for years, they weren't resonating. And I realized, oh, I need to fall back to my actor training and like kind of tap into that energy and like touch that energy that I was writing it with. But I mean, I think everyone, something I was telling another friend is like, everyone is going through something. When you go to bed at night, what's keeping you awake? What are you worried about? Honestly, a, a big thing is is money and lack thereof. And, you know, I think being an artist in New York City, it is such a crapshoot. And we meet people who are tycoons and tech titans and, you know, titans of industry and all of the, you, you see them all and you meet them all. And, and it's so cool and so exciting. And then it's like, and I'm an artist and people think that's great, but they're not funding it. And, you know, I think the old days of patrons of the arts and um, are kind of out, but I, you know, I know I, I, I was getting all these artist residencies before. And I know they'll come back, but I think um, the value which we place on artists is grossly undervalued in our society. And how do you, do you ever feel so low you can't get out of bed? Honestly, I've never felt that because I'm someone who can push through things. And um, I think I've felt so low that, you know, I, have wanted to buy something that I couldn't afford. Like right now, the big thing that I'm making a decision and it's like I could buy a car or I can freeze my eggs and I'm going to freeze my eggs because I would hate to be 40 years old and like have a car, have that same car and say, if only I'd, you know, chosen to spend this money on, you know, freezing my eggs because I'm at the age where so many of my friends are doing it, especially dating someone younger who's in no way. It's like, I want to take that pressure off of myself. So, um, that's another, it's like money related, but it's, you know, money facilitates our life. So um, I think it's like realizing that like, you'll figure out a way to pay it. And I know that sounds a little outrageous, but one of my friends correlated it to school, student loan debt. No one would say, oh, you shouldn't go to school because, you know, that's, it's like, if you want to freeze your eggs and you think you want to have children, invest in that for yourself, you know? What is, um, let's switch gears here a little bit. One of our favorite topics here on Pink Wisdom is love, sex, dating, and relationships and breakups and all that juicy stuff. How do you get unstuck in your love life? <laughs> so that was actually an accident. Um, when I recovered from my 
Um, I wouldn't say recovered because you're always in recovery from a heartbreak, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. It's like you will always bear those scars of the ones who, you know, you've loved that didn't work out. And after my divorce, my therapist encouraged me to have compartmentalized sex because growing up super conservative Christian, I really did believe that, like, if I slept with someone, I was going to love them forever. Mm -hmm. Like that. And I think that was like to not condemn myself to hell maybe. But so I, I was like really not in a relationship. And then I, I was having compartmentalized sex and I picked one person and my therapist was like, no, you're doing it wrong. That's not, I meant with more than one person. And I um, I just kind of was afraid to open myself back up again. And somebody accidentally crept through, actually by way of my comedy show. They would come mm-hmm. to my comedy shows. Um, his roommates with one of my one of my dear comedy friends, Betsy Carroll, very funny software engineer slash comedian. And uh, I was like, he's so cute. He's in the front row all the time. And he's younger than me. He's like, he's in his 20s. I'm in my 30s. I've been divorced. He's very wide-eyed and green and was like, right before, a, a year before he started dating me, he was dating a girl he's known since he was 12 mm. for a couple of years. And so, <laughs> 12 is young. <laughs> 12 is young. He's 26. And I, I remember when I found out how old he was, I was like, oh, I need to set him up with one of my younger friends. He's so cute. And he um, he's actually this big, sweet geek. He loves, he collects pins, you know, <laughs> and I love pins. So you're in love. I, okay, look, let's, I'm like very, um, I'm very reluctant to use that word because I think um, for me personally, coming off of a marriage where, you know, I do think when you're in love, you want to shout it from the rooftops. And I did in such a big way. And at this point, what I'm learning is um, now I'm eager to like keep my love in private. You know, mm-hmm. one of my hilarious friends, Shadira LeBouvier, posted something the other day and she said, love him in private. Men are embarrassing. <laughs> like, and I just thought that was so funny because she was like, I know it's spring and you want to like take him outside, but love him in, like love him in private, leave him at home. Has that relationship helped you get your mojo back? I don't want to give a man too much credit to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think it's, it's helped me to learn that I can open myself up to love and I'm not going to be at a loss, you know, but I think even um, having loved and lost so big, it's weird because I'm always kind of mitigating like what the loss would happen if I were to lose him right now. And, um, and would I be okay with that? Because for so long after my divorce, I didn't feel okay. And I still think I'm in many ways I'm, I'm getting my footing, you know, I've got my, um, my sea legs are a little bit wobbly. And that's something that's kind of a good thing about dating someone younger, I think, is I he's in no rush to like move in. And I'm someone who, you know, I dated my high school boyfriend and then I dated my college boyfriend and then he proposed to me in Paris. And I, I, I was like, what would you do if I said no? And he said, well, we would break up. And I'm thinking we have three more days in Paris. That's <laughs> just a waste. So we stayed and had a good time. And then um, then I gave him the ring back. But after that, I shortly, shortly after that, I met the man that I married and was with him for eight years. So it's like, I just am so glad to have a relationship where he's still, you know, in New York, people grow up slower. So he still wants to live with his friends. So there's no rush. And I still get to figure out what my adult life on my own is going to look like, like how I'm going to financially support myself because the stand-up comedy show that I'm going to is not necessarily paying for my Greenwich Village apartment. And, mm-hmm. um, and so there's, an opportunity for me to grow as my own self. And um, I think being married in my 20s stunted me because I was very codependent and reliant on my partner. And now I get to enjoy this person who I do love. And 
I don't have to rely on him for so much. I can really grow on my own individually. And if you could change, if you could, if you could wave a magic wand and things would be different for you right now, what would that look like? Well, um, if I could wave a magic wand, I would be sitting in my, instead of a fifth floor walk-up studio apartment in Greenwich Village, it would be my townhouse. And I would have a desk and behind it would be a copy of my book. And I would be off to rehearsal for one of my shows. And then afterwards, um, I would have like a little special show with with like a pop-up comedy show for some friends. And it would be at like a cool, you know, Greenwich Village theater. So that would be my alternate reality that I would love to come true. Is the boyfriend still there? Um, you know, he's less important. I've made my plans with another man in my life. And I think, you know, love and relationships are better if I don't put my visions into them. You know, I'm still unpainting my my ex-husband from my vision. And that's been incredibly challenging. And so I think for now, um, I'm focusing on myself. Mm-hmm. And I know there's... There's like a mystery outline silhouette of someone who could be my person, who could be the person I'm with right now, mm-hmm. but they could be someone I've never met. They could mm-hmm. be someone, you know, I'm open to things. I got asked out the other day. I think it's springtime. You know, people are starting to ask people out. Yeah. I was literally waiting for a friend to have dinner in uh, Washington Square Park and, and someone was like, hey, I would love to set you up with my friend who's going to be here in a couple of minutes. Can't wait for you to meet him. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is, so, you know, the birds are chirping. Love is in the air. And, you know, it's just, it's fun to get like, you know, I was with our friend earlier today and she was literally wolf whistled. It was like <laughs> out of a cartoon. And it was just like, oh yeah, I guess like we're coming back. Like people are alive. Mm-hmm. That's right, everybody. People are alive and we are coming back. Before we go, um, for one of our listeners out there who's like still just like, ugh, like can you give us like a, a one minute pep talk? Yeah, sure. I mean, this is from the top of my head, but you can do it. Just get out of bed, look in the mirror, tell yourself, I love you. You're amazing. You can do this. Um, And then my biggest advice is to look at everybody who you pass, um, be they, you know, a janitor or, you know, somebody on the subway, your friend and, and say, I love you and send them loving vibes, send loving vibes to a tree and really send them to yourself. Cause when you send them to other people, you're sending them back to yourself, but fight for that. And when you look in the mirror, smile at yourself, tell yourself you love yourself, tell yourself you're there for yourself, and then do the same for the other people in your life, whether you know them or not, because it, I think it does change your brain chemistry. I'm not a neuroscientist, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, my friends, is some pink wisdom. Thank you so much, Kate. Thanks. And for all of you guys out there who tuned in, thanks for joining us on the Pink Wisdom Podcast. We'll see you next time. Pink Wisdom is produced by me, Allison Chase, and Sam Ufret, edited by Sam Ufret, and recorded by Andrew Thomas at Noya House in New York City. You can find more episodes of Pink Wisdom at pinkwisdom.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next week.